time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test all right y'all it is time to jump into the word i'm excited about closing out this series it's been a good series i've gotten some good feedback uh, about it and it seems that it has blessed some people and so happy to close this series out but i want to close it out in a way that really puts something on our mind uh today's sermon is i love myself so today i want to dig into self-love so if you've missed any of the sermons um, from this series never knew a love like this if you've missed any of them go check out our youtube channel uh, also go check out our um you can go check out our podcast as well the dope church podcast not sure if um how up to date it is but um but you can definitely find older sermons on the dope church podcast definitely all the new new stuff is on our youtube channel as soon as it is recorded so you can go there you can find all of that uh those older sermons those past sermons that are part of this series you can find them there but i'm excited to um to transition into today's sermon um let me bow into a quick word of prayer then we'll jump into ephesians 5 and 29. Lord, thank you so much for giving me this chance to preach your word. I pray that you will preach through me to these your people in a way that is powerful, in a way that is palatable, in a way that is real, in a way that is relevant. I pray that life change will happen as a result of your word today. Speak, dear Lord. I pray that it will be a demonstration of the power of your Holy Spirit to speak to us um, through technology, to speak to us different people in different places and spaces in life, yet one God that is able to speak to us in a way that we need to hear. I pray that you will do what you alone can do. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, let's uh, let's jump right into um, Ephesians 5 and 29. Again, this title is I Love Myself. Ephesians 5 29 says, after all, no one ever hated their own body but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. That is Ephesians 5, 29. I'm going to also read an excerpt from uh, Toni Morrison's Beloved, and I think that it is appropriate um, for how I want to frame out, um, to kick off, frame out and both, and also kick off this sermon. Here she said, in this, in this here place, we flesh. Flesh that weeps, laughs, flesh that dances on bare feet in grass. Love it, love it hard. Yonder, they do not love your flesh. They despise it. Love your hands, love them, raise them up and kiss them. Touch others with them, pat them together, stroke them on your face because they don't love that either. You got to love it, you this is flesh I'm talking about here. Flesh that needs to be loved, feet that need to rest and to dance, backs that need support, shoulders that need arms, strong arms, I'm telling you. So love your neck, 
put a hand on it, grace it, stroke it, and hold it up. And all your inside parts that they just as soon slop for hogs, you got to love them. The dark, dark liver, love it, love it. And the beat and beating heart, love that too. More than eyes or feet, more than lungs that have yet to draw free air, more than your life-holding womb and your life-giving private parts. Hear me now, love your heart. For this is the prize. That is an excerpt from Toni Morrison's Beloved. There is nuance to living in the black or brown body. There is further nuance to living in the female body. There is even further nuance to living in the queer or trans or non-binary body. Nuances that are not picked up in passages like Ephesians 529, which I just read in your hearing. Because there, Paul, writing from a paradigm in which he lived, perhaps does not have sight to an existence where one would have been socialized to hate their own body. Therefore, Paul could not easily, excuse me, Paul could easily but wrongly say, no one ever hated their own body. Paul did not have sight to a world where girls are bombarded with images of airbrushed and digitally modified models or IG influencers with body shapers and perfect lighting and perfect photo angles. But Paul perhaps did not have within his imagination a kind of institutionalized race-based caste system where because one is black and male and of a certain size, one's body is simultaneously seen as a threat and therefore threatened. Paul perhaps did not see or just didn't account for a world coming uh, where the size and curves of a woman's body could be problematized from a young age and even cause assaults on her body to be cast as her own fault. The queer body or the trans body being socially outcast. This is not in the purview of Paul when he says these words. Yeah, in the world that we live in, Paul's words from Ephesians 5 and 29 do not ring true. Contrary to Paul's assumption, indeed, some of us have been socialized to hate our own bodies. We are in the midst of a crisis of self-hate. And while our faith may seem to have answers and protocols regarding how we ought to love everybody else, how husbands ought to love wives and wives ought to love husbands and how we ought to love each other in the church and how we even ought to love our enemies, the Bible appears silent and inadequate to address this epidemic of self-hate. Where is the scripture that says, Love yourself. But where is the scripture that says take care of yourself? But where is the scripture that says value yourself, comfort yourself, prioritize yourself, affirm yourself? 
Those who dominate society don't need to be told these things. It, it is a part of their implicit theology. It is a way, it is a part of the way that they understand God and themselves. But I want to suggest to you that for those of us that are among the oppressed and the marginalized and the disinherited in society, that in order for us to get to the place of seeing the scriptures and our faith as a source of affirmation for loving ourselves and taking care of of ourselves and prioritizing ourselves and loving our bodies, we will have to engage in this kind of implicit or implied theology. Yeah, we will have to apply to ourselves what scripture takes for granted, takes for granted so much so that it doesn't even bother to state it. Love yourself. If you don't walk away from this sermon with anything else, I, I would to God that you would walk away with this. Love yourself. Love your black body. Your black nose. Your, your lips that speak truth, even when in order to do so, it has to suppress fear. But love your hands and, and, your, and your hair and your feet and your fingers. Love it. But love your peace. Love your precious peace and love your freedom to say no. Love your freedom to choose yourself. Love your agency to claim what is best for you. Love your queer self. Love your trans self. Love your thin self, your thick self, your big self, your quirky self, your socially awkward self. Love it. Love your confident self. Love your big dreaming self, but oftentimes scared self. Love your tried and failed and tried again self. Love yourself. When we engage in this kind of implied or implicit theology, I think it becomes easier for us to see that we ought to be loving ourselves. In the passage that we're looking at today, Ephesians 5 and 29, Paul is here in the text writing to the church at Ephesus or the community of believers in the church at Ephesus. When he gets toward the back end of the letter in what we now call chapter five, but for Paul, when he is writing it, it is not separated into chapters. It is just one long letter. But when he gets toward the end of this letter that we now call chapter five, Paul makes this shift in his writing and he shifts to giving instructions to Christian households. Paul is effectively trying to lay out how the Christian faith should materialize into conduct and relationships in the family. I will point out to you that according to my hermeneutic or what that means is literally the way that I interpret Paul's writings is that Paul is giving instructions out of his own sensibilities regarding what is culturally right and what is culturally wrong according to the customs of Paul's time. Paul is here not creating an aha moment for the Christian family that would shift things for all times. Instead, aside from the self-sacrifice and love that Paul here in this letter charges husbands to have for their wives, everything else that he says is status quo for the time period. I do not believe that when Paul says in verse 
number 22, and I'm just sharing this parenthetically. I do not believe that when Paul says in verse 22 that wives should submit to their husbands as they do to the Lord, I I do not believe that Paul is stating anything different than the patriarchal custom of the time. So in other words, I I believe that what Paul is doing here is saying, keep following the customs and the culture rather than Paul saying that this is God's way of doing things. In other words, I believe that Paul is a fish swimming in the water of patriarchy and he knows nothing else but to prescribe patriarchy. But let me suggest to you that when you know better or when we know better, we do better. And now we know better. And so in the midst of this, in the midst of Paul framing up, trying to tell uh, the Christian household, the Christian family, um, how their household should look. In the midst of all of this, Paul says that husbands should be loving their wives as their own bodies. And, and then Paul makes a matter of fact statement that I want to key in on for the sake of this sermon. He does it in verse number 29. He says, after all, no one ever hated their own body but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Verse 30, for we are members of his body. That's the New International Version. I want to suggest to you that that in this passage, there is something there in that matter-of-fact statement that Paul makes. Let me read it again. Verse 29, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. I, I want to suggest to you that that matter of fact thing that is happening there, that what I see there is what I mean by implicit theology. You, you see, while Paul does not go on to ever explicitly state anywhere to my knowledge that we ought to be loving ourselves, I want to argue that Paul doesn't need to because it's implied. It's like breathing, that there is no scripture that instructs us to breathe. It is implied. It is a thing that goes without saying. It is a thing that is assumed will happen. So much so that when Paul wants to talk about love, he reasons that the best way, I I got it, the best way to tell them how to love each other is to tell them to love each other like they love themselves. Because he takes for granted, it is implied theologically throughout scripture that individuals should be loving themselves. He believes that it's a given. It's a given for Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. Um, In verse 36, it says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? He, talking about Jesus, replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Watch this. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah, the love of self is such a presumed, foregone conclusion that Jesus, in quoting Leviticus, uses self-love as a benchmark to guide people on how we ought to be loving other people. But we have been socialized, conditioned to love everybody else but ourselves. To love and care for a partner. To love and care for the sick. 
to love and care for our children, to love and care for our community, to even love and care for our enemies to the exclusion of loving and caring for ourselves. These are ways that scripture, which should be so life-giving and should be liberating, have been used to be death-dealing. People of God, let me say this and let me say this very clearly. Love yourself. Psalm 139 and 14 says, I am awesomely and wonderfully made. Love yourself. You, you are made in the image of God. Love yourself. The, the, the world may not love you. It may mock you. It may caricaturize you. It may create names for you. Nigga, thought. Ho, oh, but God calls you beloved. Love yourself. My brother, my sister, my sibling, I, I would to God that we would begin loving ourselves the way that God loves us, that we would begin valuing ourselves the way that God values us. Let me challenge us. Love ourselves. There are three things that I want to push us to begin doing. The first is to accept ourselves. Yeah, accept ourselves. There's something beautiful that happens after the resurrection. Jesus comes to his disciples. He does this a couple of times. But this particular time, he comes to his disciples. They are hiding out in a room with the closed door. Some have seen him and they have reported it to others. Others have not seen him yet. Thomas is one of those others that have not seen him yet. And so Thomas does not believe. And Thomas says that he will not believe unless he can put his finger in the crucifixion wounds of Christ. Thomas says that that's what it's going to take me to believe. John 20 and 26 says Jesus came in while the doors were still locked, stood in the middle of the group. He greeted his disciples and said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put, put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and have faith. In this passage, Jesus presents his mangled, mutilated, lynched, broken, abnormal, othered, disabled body to Thomas. I, I do not just see a faith moment for Thomas here. I also see an affirmation moment for us because when I picture Jesus standing in the fullness of his lynched, disfigured, wounded, disabled, brown skinned body, just as he is, I feel affirmed to stand in my othered, flawed, abnormal body myself, not hiding myself, not apologizing for myself. But, but accepting myself and presenting myself. This is my body. Broken. Black. Scarred. Pimpled. Flat-footed. Eyes with astigmatism. Imperfect. This is my body and I accept it. Not, not only do I accept it, but I love it. These feet have carried me up and down the streets of Paris. These hands have typed 
mil a million scholarly words. These lips have preached a thousand sermons. This skin has been kissed by the South African sun. These arms have rocked my baby to sleep. Let's love and accept ourselves. The second thing that I would, that we would do, that I want to challenge us to do is not only accept ourselves, but begin to care for our bodies. In 1 Kings, an angel from the Lord, acknowledging the limitations of Elijah, prods him. This is when Elijah is on the run from Jezebel. Um, um, the, the angel from the Lord knows Elijah has limitations, that his body has physical human limitations. Prophet or not, he's got limits. And so the angel prods him and says, this is uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 7. Get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. It's a reminder to us that our physical bodies cannot run off adrenaline and ambition. That they cannot run off of goodwill or good intention. They must be cared for. We got to exercise them. We got to feed them nourishing foods. Some of y'all be working through lunch because of Zoom meetings. Take care of your body. Feed your body. We, we must eat. We must rest. I'm thinking back to when we were uh, having in-person services and, and, and I would see some of you on Sundays and you would look so exhausted and so tired and so beat down and so run down. And it was clear that you hadn't rested. You need to rest these bodies. Sleeping for eight hours. A novel idea, huh? T taking rest days or days that you do nothing. Take care of these bodies. A, a vacation that is really a vacation, not just a trip. Take care of our bodies. We need to care for our bodies. You only Get one of them and it is aging day by day. And in the words of Paul, uh, though this outward, Paul says, though this outward man is wasting away, I am being renewed day by day on the inside. Yes, our bodies every day are getting older, are getting more run down, are getting more beat down. They are headed for the grave. We get one body. How are you going to take care of it? H how many miles do you want this thing to run for you? H how, how durable do you want this body to be? How do you want it to serve you in old age? Take care of your body. Taking care of your body is a blessing to your children for those of you that have children. Taking care of yourself is a part of taking care of them because it will impact their later life, how you take care of yourself and how you age. Let me push this thing along. Thirdly and finally, we need to forgive ourselves. In 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 5, there is uh, there's a part of that verse that says regarding love that it keeps no record of wrongs. First Corinthians 13, of course, you've heard this passage probably many times at weddings and things like that. But in, in its context, it's about loving each other. It's not in its context about self-love. 
But I want for a moment for us to look at it from the perspective of loving ourselves. Because some of us have a whole lot of practice with forgiving other people, but none when it comes to forgiving ourselves. We've mastered how to not stay mad at other people, but have not worked on getting over our disappointment in ourselves. It's a new day. It is a new day. We are not going to be self-loathing people at the dopest church on the planet. Psalm 103 and 12 says, how far has the Lord taken our sins from us? Farther than the distance from east to west. Yeah. If God doesn't let it go. It's time for you to let it go too. forgive yourself. Well, whatever mistakes you've made, whatever misdeeds, whatever things that you should have done another way, especially you, you high achieving people have this really bad. Forgive yourself. The, the dating mistake that you made, the, the person that you shouldn't have let into your life, the thing that you shouldn't have let up, that you shouldn't have put up with. Forgive yourself. The, the way that you stayed in an abusive job situation because you felt like your options were limited, forgive yourself. Whatever wrong things you have done, sins that you have committed, forgive yourself. Let me close with this uh, excerpt from Beloved that I read to you earlier. You gotta love it. You. This is flesh I'm talking about here. Flesh that needs to be loved. Feet that need to rest and to dance. Backs that need support. Shoulders that need arms, strong arms, I'm telling you. So love your neck. Put a hand on it, grace it, stroke it, and hold it up. And all your inside parts that they just as soon slop for hogs. You got to love them. The dark, dark liver, love it, love it. And the beat and beating heart, love that too. More than eyes or feet, more than lungs that have yet to draw free air, more than your life holding womb and your life giving private parts. Hear me now. Love your heart. For this is the prize. People of God, love yourself. <laughs>